Hello, and welcome to Talking Opinions. I am Anthony Livingston Hall. Today I am talking about the stink Volodymyr Zelensky made at this week's NATO summit in Vilnius, Lithuania. This summit was supposed to be a celebration of NATO unity, and NATO leaders had just cause to celebrate. After all, Vladimir Putin hoped his genocidal invasion of Ukraine would crack and perhaps even split up the alliance. Instead, his invasion increased solidarity among existing members and moved three countries bordering Russia to apply for NATO membership. Those three countries are Finland, Sweden, and of course Ukraine itself. And after months of bargaining, as if they were at a Turkish bazaar, Finland and Sweden finally won membership. NATO wanted this week's summit to be a welcoming party for them, and a middle finger to Russia. But Ukraine ended up being the proverbial skunk at their garden party. Never before in the history of warfare have so many countries marshaled so many resources to help one country defend itself against another. That is the unfolding dynamic that has the United States leading NATO countries in helping Ukraine defend itself against Russia. But even that is not good enough for Ukraine. It wants them to not only provide more resources, but accept Ukraine as a NATO member to boot. It wanted to be invited to this summit not as a guest, but as a member along with Finland and Sweden. Except that was never going to happen, and everyone knew it. Ukraine's bombed-out infrastructure alone means that it does not meet the criteria for NATO membership. But far more prohibitive is the fact that Ukraine is a country still at war. After all, membership now would require all NATO members to help Ukraine, not just with their treasure, but with their blood too. That's because of NATO's hallowed Article 5. It's the Three Musketeer Pledge of All for One and One for All. Indeed, that pledge is why Biden has famously warned Putin that the US would lead NATO in declaring war if Russia invades one inch of any NATO territory. Meanwhile, every member is bending over backward to assure Ukraine that its future is in NATO. NATO Chief Jens Stoltenberg even got members to waive the normal bureaucratic process to fast-track its application. In other words, NATO is giving Ukraine more support and a clearer path to membership than it gave any other country. President Zelensky knew all that, and then some. Yet he chose the eve of this summit 
to hurl a rhetorical bomb at NATO. The Washington Post reported on it under the blaring headline, Zelensky slams NATO over no clear path to membership, despite Biden pitch for unity. <laughs> the Post then documented how Zelensky blasted NATO leaders as weak and absurd for not issuing Ukraine a firm invitation for membership. <laughs> Some might say this was Zelensky biting the NATO hand that is feeding him. Others might say this was Zelensky venting the natural and understandable frustrations of a leader whose country Russia has been bombing with relative impunity for over 500 days. Except that Zelensky's lack of diplomatic tact is far more calculating, cynical and presumptuous. The short explanation is that Zelensky is treating NATO leaders the way Trump treats Republican leaders. And that treatment holds that hurling insults is the best way to win friends and influence people. That's plainly absurd, of course. Yet there is no denying the success Trump and Zelensky have had. Trump's record of success speaks for itself. Hurling insults got him elected President of the United States, for Christ's sake. <laughs> and I need only cite the fact that Biden is finally sending Ukraine F-16 fighter jets to convey Zelensky's success. After all, this was just the latest in a long series of concessions on supplying weapons that Zelensky's Trumpian tactic has forced Biden to make. Except that the endearing thanks Zelensky gives every time he gets his way makes Biden look more like a battered spouse than the leader of the free world. Of course, the criminal indictments Trump is now facing show the truth and consequences of such calculation, cynicism, and presumptuousness. Zelensky would do well to take heed and temper his tactic accordingly. But I fear he won't. Indeed, nobody should have been surprised by his behavior this week because Zelensky has been behaving like this since the war began. Uh, just to clarify, though, I support his efforts to garner support for Ukraine. In fact, you'd be hard-pressed to find a commentator who has been more supportive. To attest to this fact, I need only cite the title to one of the many commentaries I've published in support of Ukraine, namely... Biden's dithering over sending weapons to Ukraine will be the biggest blunder of this war. On December 14, 2022, I even channeled Zelensky's frustrations in several podcast episodes, including Biden finally arming Ukraine to win. But what? On January 14, 2023. But I don't even support my own family unconditionally. 
<laughs> so, as much as I support Zelensky, I've been critical of his leadership. And the stink bomb he launched at this week's NATO summit vindicates my criticism. But here, too, it might suffice to cite the titles of just three of the many commentaries I've published in this regard. 1. Churchill? Zelensky calls America weak over no-fly zone. On March 6, 2022. 2. Zelensky is alienating NATO by insisting the missiles that landed in Poland were Russian. On November 17, 2022. And 3. Like Churchill, Zelensky comes to Washington, and it's about time, on December 21, 2022. The reference to Winston Churchill in that third title is instructive, because Zelensky has thrived on political leaders and commentators hailing him as a latter-day Churchill. But those titles show that in that chorus I've been sounding a discordant note, not least because, and despite his natural and understandable frustrations, Churchill never called America weak. He never said America has the blood of Englishmen on its hands, and he never blasted as absurd FDR's lend-lease gimmick for supplying weapons to Britain. But in a commentary I published on September 1, 2022, I cited many red flags that should have troubled NATO leaders about Zelensky. Those flags include Zelensky allowing his aides to hail him, not Biden, as the leader of the free world. I warned that the Churchillian praise was getting to his head, and that NATO leaders should beware of enabling a wannabe Napoleon who sees them as little more than vessels for his imperial ambitions. That's why the Post report I quoted earlier about Zelensky slamming and insulting NATO leaders merely parroted what I've been writing about him for over a year. It was all too foreseeable that NATO leaders would come to resent the way he uses his popularity to bully them. That is, just as Republican leaders simmer with resentment over the way Trump uses his popularity to bully them. Sure enough, British Defence Secretary Ben Wallace made news this week when he said the quiet part out loud. He effectively sprayed political air freshener over the stinker Zelensky caused by warning Zelensky that NATO leaders want less demanding and complaining and more appreciation and gratitude from him and that he should stop treating NATO like Amazon, as if it's there just to send him whatever he orders with prime time delivery. <laughs> to boot. Yes, NATO's support has continually been too little too late. 
But everyone knows that NATO leaders are doing their best, given their own political frustrations and constraints. Yet this imperious and self-righteous SOB keeps hurling indignant insults at them. <laughs> but I hope Zelensky hasn't become too full of himself to fully appreciate and heed the warning inherent in that Ben Wallace quip about him treating NATO like Amazon. That's it. Subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for thought-provoking commentaries, often laced with humor, I invite you to visit my blog at www.ipjn.com. Thank you for listening, and until the next Talking Opinions, goodbye.